Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us. It is officially the end of August, headed into September. I wish it would rain. <laughs> it's been a little rainy. Yeah, I yeah. know. Oh man, and there's places you know. Then isn't it funny when you say that? And you're like, oh man, there are places that are like praying for rain. And here, down we are, in like, Africa, <laughs> that's right, and in California. But, uh, What's where the song? Like, that never rains. In the in rains a- down in Africa. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. hey, you doing oh, okay? Man. Yeah, yeah. Looking I'm forward good. to the kickoff of college football this coming I weekend. I am. Go Gators. Oh, uh, go dogs. We're, so, we're on the way up. You guys yeah. are. You guys are up there. Yeah. We're you know. On but you know. So here's the thing. Georgia Bulldogs. Like they want the national championship last year first time in a long time True. But, but still every georgia fan is kind of like all right it's probably not gonna <laughs> like yeah. there's this back of the mind like we're not that level of alabama we're just so confident we're gonna win every year all the time Ugh, alabama um, that's right i agree so it's uh but we're excited because that's basically saturdays will just be on hangout it's just it's just fun yeah so. it is fun fantasy football gotta get our fantasy football teams going oh on. man yeah i'm like i got beat by my kids last year so. <laughs> me too i because i'm like just auto draft for me oh, they, like i mean at this stage i'm like it's hard to keep up with the people huh? it's too much i'm like they my kids can just name stats about everybody everything and i'm like okay good yeah i i have learned a lot. You're like, I, I'll take Troy Aikman. They're like, Dad, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> Is Joe Montana still in this thing? <laughs> You're like Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, just naming off the 92 My, Dream right. Team of NBA. <laughs> I need Michael Jordan. <laughs> he could win anything. Oh man! So yeah, so uh, we are uh, kicking it off today. Uh, we are continuing talking about some pressing issues. We're going to have some questions and a little game at the end. Uh, James has no clue what this game I is. I get to play in the game today, so it's going to be funny. Uh, but as we uh, talk today, we are uh, wrapping up our uh, focus on intergenerational ministry through all generations, our Sunday series, our life groups. Uh, we've had some great conversations in our life group. For clarification, we're just getting started but with yeah, our Yeah, we're wrapping up this, this yeah, that's true, good yeah, way to put yeah, that. We're wrapping yeah. up the series, but it's just it's. I just had that one in my pocket. I was, I was ready that's to pull right. that one out. But hey, one of the things we wanted to talk about, because one of the implications of this and really attention in this is really wrestling through how, uh, as, as a church, we continue to press forward and there's a tension because as you press forward as which you know time requires things to change there is a legitimate desire to honor the past and so there's this tension of really how do you handle the tension and this is for most churches wrestle with this at some point of like really the pushing forward in modernity and still honoring tradition. Isn't is it, modernity it, a weird word? It does sound like a weird, it is a weird word. It's hard to, you know. And it you shouldn't sh- be pronounced modernity. <laughs> modernity. Modernity. Because it's modern, not modern. Modernity. But everybody calls it modernity. modernity. Yeah, be, being yeah. modern. And modernity sounds like, like, you know, some advertisement on... Like side effects are vomiting, nausea. Like <laughs> it does. Yes, you know. commercials. Like, which, like, which the side effects to a generation think, of modernity I are think vomiting. Some and nausea. people do have those. They, <laughs> side effects are somebody getting really grouchy that you changed something. That's right. Side effects are Seven Eleven songs. <laughs> that's right. Side oh man, that's good. That's so, good. <laughs> so let's explain what we're talking about, and then really some of the tensions even we as a church have wrestled through and are continuing to wrestle through. I don't know what through. you're talking about. Nothing, Moving on. Change straight, subject. It's you know. I, 
somebody, I had this conversation last week with somebody, they were talking about another church and they were just praying that, you know, it's a church they grew up in that's, you know, struggling. And they're like, I just hope that, you know, some of the things that can happen there um, would ha- that have happened here have happened there as far as the the generation who was here before us, just seeing a vision for the future. And, yeah. and, um, and I just said, well, here's what you should mm. tell them. It takes a long time <laughs> because nothing it, it, where we are now, what God is doing in our church isn't the result of a, ch- a change that we'd no, made in the past six not. months or one year or four years or five years or really 10 years, but it's many generations. And then it's leaders who came before us saying, Hey, we really need mm-hmm. to shift. Uh, and, and so we, it, takes a long time. And I gave il- some illustrations even of how it's still taking a long time because things aren't maybe necessarily, well, they're not perfect. Uh, and there's still tensions to wrestle through and it still takes a long time to make those changes, you know, much longer than we would. Yeah. Be, so no, I think, I think, and I know we're going to get into actual the tension of this year, but I-, I tell people that all the time because I mean, you know, so l- hear me out. So since I've come here, like we've really been fruitful in seeing a lot of changes that have uh, uh, allowed this church to become a multi-generational church. And now again, trying to be more focused on being an intergenerational church. So there's a lot of things that have happened to get in that direction. But I tell people all the time, like, it was the soil was ripe. Like mm. it wasn't that I'm some incredible leader who just figured out yeah, how to lead. You're really not. The <laughs> 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 <Just, laughs> sincerity in your face. <laughs> if you could see it on YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so no, I'm really not. Um, so I, I think I'm gifted. You know, I think I'm equipped for the moment. Right. And mm. yet really the ground, you know, it was like God's given me you know, some of the tools, but the ground was so ready because of people tilling the soil and planting seeds and all these things. And so, you know, I'm really reaping a harvest, you know, of, and I'm not the only one either. I mean, there's other workers too. So that's getting into another issue, but like you, you too, like, you know, there have been pushback. There has been pushback about a lot of think changes you've made in music, but not not comparatively speaking to a right. lot oh, of yeah, first Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think the way was paid for you. you yeah, know, by absolutely. Leaders. The leader, you know, Dennis Brown. Because you're also there. not that good of a leader. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think it really it's the, it's vision that's carried forward. But I think ultimately, you know, when when people have a very clear mission and a very clear vision, it makes some of these other things. Uh, fall into place in perspective. You know, yeah. if our clear mission isn't like we, I think one of the clearest things about our vision, you know, like when see people believe in Jesus, belong to God's family and become who's created them be. But really when we say this all the time, we're not trying to just grow a church, trying to build the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And so hopefully that's evident. Like, because I think if we were just trying to grow a church, we probably would have approached things differently. Right. Yeah. Uh, and because that is a different mindset. There are, there are people uh, and there are churches and there are yeah. leaders and there are leaders in churches, not just pastors, but leaders who you know steer a direction of a church who just want to grow the church yeah. to, to feel better, to be bigger, to be better. And and that's not really what we want to do. So I don't know what angle you intended on going with this discussion. So if I'm taking us off track, just edit me out and we'll redo it different. But, you know, I kind of I, I kind of think about it from this angle. So if we're if we're part of the group that says, hey, we realize we need to move forward to uh, modernity, mm-hmm. to 
continue to be faithful to God, but then we're experiencing the group that says, Hey, whoa, not so fast. Like, what do we do? Um, and so, so I, I think, I think there's a couple things like you have to start with. I think one is the recognition that, um, there are some things that need to change or can change. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that cannot change. Right. And, and you have to really know the difference. Yeah. And and so really like what is your motivation? Uh, like if you're if you're trying to bring about change, like is it because you want to see people the things of God happen, or is it because you want your organization to survive? Mm -hmm. And not that the organization can't survive if you want the things of God to happen, but you cannot put the organization survival over the kingdom survival. Right. And I do think that sometimes the pushback in churches is over leaders and people who are not actually trying to do the things of God. They're just trying to make the church cooler for a new generation so the organization survives. And actually, that's dangerous. Right. Yeah. It works a lot of times, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it should. And so you it's, then see a lot of older people leave the church and mm -hmm. older solid people leave the church right. if that group gets their way or fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 an unsustained growth. It's not a healthy growth. I think it's kind of like, you know, someone who I, you know, if if they're they're trying to get super in shape, but they use like drugs to do that. Like it's that's kind of like the equivalent. It's like that's not healthy in the long run, you know. Yeah. And I think like there's things the we ends can, doesn't justify the means, right. And right, so yeah. let's let's revisit what you said because you said there are some things that cannot change. So let's 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 be okay. clear about what what cannot change. And the I think hymns. The, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were I'm just kidding. <laughs> what I was saying the word. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The word. That's right. The hymns cannot change. Um, uh, there was people who would equate those two yes, things. Yes, uh, and they're wrong. I love and, yeah, them, but they're wrong. Yeah. Um, but the word, the word yeah. of God, you know, that's one of our values. You know, this, yeah. the changing world needs the unchanging word. Like the yeah. word doesn't change. You know, right. we as we grow, we change because yeah. we understand the word and apply it to our lives more. And we're right. never done doing that as individuals or as a collective people. Uh, so the commitment to the word doesn't change. I think most after that, most everything else can change. Yeah, and I, and I think you know what you're trying to accomplish in terms of at a principle level can't change. Like we're trying to accomplish when we say believe in Jesus, like disciple, making disciples, like followers of Christ, people becoming like Christ. So again, that's a commitment to people studying the word, you know, mm -hmm. um, people serving and using their gifts. Like we don't want to create an entertainment show, like where we're only paying right. people to do the music and paying mm -hmm. people to do all these things. It doesn't mean I'm against church staff, but I just think a lot of times you, it, we do churches today, at least have created an organization that is thriving, but isn't really being the church, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I think you have to be, that's why I think it's so important that the word is, or the gospel central, but the word is kind of surrounding the gospel because, um, then it's becoming the filter through every decision that is made. But I would just say, then there's so much freedom yeah. in what that looks like mm -hmm. in our context. And so for me, like changes we're making, like the, the tension that exists is like, what, what, who are our people? Like, mm -hmm. and so if we, if I feel like to be a more effective church, we need to move in a direction in modernity. Well, I've got to lead people to get there. 
Right. And I think that's where a lot of pastors and churches and young people make a mistake is they just say, we're going to make our church like this tomorrow. It's mm. like, but wait, 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 your church is the people, right? Your church is not the organization. Mm-hmm. And if you're not leading them there, you really haven't done what God's called you to do. That's, that's a great uh, distinction because that's what happens a lot of times. Like we just, if we just come in and change a structure, people are going to fall in line and do, no, they're not. <laughs> if right. their hearts aren't right, right. if their heart, I mean, hearts aren't, if their hearts aren't discipled to that, to see the points, the vision, ultimately they may be on board for a while, but then if it, if there's something not working, they're just gonna be like, what, why do we even do that? And then, like you said, they leave and it's, and it ultimately aren't even equipped to to carry out the ministry. And that's you know, yeah. what we're called to do as leaders is to equip the saints for the ministry. Right, there you go. And yeah. you know, and that means equipping the saints for ministry. And that's a lot harder and yeah, takes a harder. longer time uh, than just hiring a ton of staff to do all the work where people can just show up and yeah. participate, but not really be challenged to do much more than participate right. in in this service to participate in this ministry rather than serve, go make disciples. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, and it's just, it's a challenge. I think it involves a lot of time with people and uh, discipleship and and even leadership development to get people to kind of embrace the, you know, the mentality of, of being a church that has a loose, loose grip on tradition and mm-hmm. a tight grip on the scripture. I mean, it's just a lot of work and a yeah. lot of time and it's not easy. And, you know, in a, in a small town, like you really can't do this, but a lot of churches and bigger cities are like, you know what, we'll just start our own deal. And yeah. again, I'm for church planning. We're behind church planning or like, you know, we're not going to do this so we can get enough people that support our salaries. So mm-hmm. we're going to start this, yeah. you know, and it's going to be easier. Like, and it's not necessarily healthy. I'm not saying that isn't sometimes the approach, but I just think just cause it's hard doesn't mean it's what, we should run from. Yeah, you're hitting on a good point because I think a lot of times what happens is that people who are like pushing for some change to reach culture like tend to look down on people who maybe just take longer. I'm not going to say you're against change, but take yeah. longer to understand. Uh, but let's talk, there, the people who can pursue change for change's sake, there, there's just as much room to err in that. Yes, you're And right. I think, you know, we should change, we should change. And like you said, people, that's when people are just like, well, we, we leave and we're just going to go make our own church with no traditions. Well, as, as soon as you meet twice, you immediately have traditions. Yep, you know, you, right. you you already have traditions in your way of thinking and the tension or the, really the, the error here is when we think our way is the way rather than a way. Now we're not talking about the gospel. We're not talking about another way apart from Christ. We're talking yeah. about another methodology, you know, uh, that an expression of how we think uh, the scriptures are applied in organizing the church and equipping the saints. I was trying to pull up an email that had some resources, but I guess the Lord doesn't want me to say it because Tom's <laughs> about up anyway. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there's just, yeah. re- relationship is the key, I think, because you can talk about these things mm-hmm. and understand each other where they're coming from. And, you know, we should really never get angry even about the truth. Like that. that's, that's part of what I don't understand. Like there's just a misplaced passion often for, mm-hmm. um, certain things. And this past Sunday, you know, one of the things I said at the end is maturity is caring more about the things that matter and less about the things that don't. Yeah. And I do think that sometimes, you know, we have older, you know, Mm. I think it comes to biblical literacy, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that leads to maturity. I I think that's it. Yeah. And, and, and that biblical literacy applied because you can know a lot and still be immature, but if you're like 
what you know and then you're applying it to your yeah, lane, yeah. then you do, you're like, you know, that's not the bigger deal. This yeah, is the bigger deal. Yeah. yeah. And 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 so I think like having people that know the word, having people that are hesitant to change, that's okay. Why are we why are we changing it? Yeah, that's yeah, a, if you, you don't have a good that. that's yeah. a great question. <laughs> yeah. And we should think through this. And mm-hmm. and leaders should be slowed down to think through that. Like, Absolutely. And to be able to articulate yeah, it well. Yeah. yeah. And then pray through it and then uh still move forward and you know, what what are the like when somebody says I don't like that music, I really don't care all that much. But when somebody says, "Hey, it's kind of loud and it's hard to mm-hmm. sing and like hear other people," sing, yeah, I can we take that? Yeah, those are two we, different things. Yeah, like, exactly. And, we fit, and yeah. then we get to the root of what you're right. saying. We yeah. ask questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know we are. I'm thankful to be in a church where people, like you said, people uh, like do ask questions and they want to understand. And it's not because uh, maybe a few are like, "Well, I just want to," you know get out of, but most people want to understand because they care yeah I agree. and once they understand they're fully on board yeah uh, and and that doesn't mean all their questions are answered but they trust and so it's it's really cool to be in a church like that yeah um, I, where I, people I, are supportive and encouraging and asking questions not because yeah they just want to they genuinely care yeah when i when i got when we've been asked a few times from other churches like about how we like have What's made the progress sauce? like the I, I say three things i say um you know i think our facilities show we value all generations. So if you come on campus, I think it's clear, like mm-hmm. through our facilities, through our campus. Uh, number two is all generations are represented in leadership. And so everybody thinks there's somebody like me who has a voice, even if, the, you know, which they all have a voice, but you know. Right. And then number three is that senior adults constantly sacrifice for the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just say, for, as a parent, you should sacrifice more for your children. If you're the more mature one, you should always be the more sacrificing mm-hmm. one. Just do it. So, yeah. That anyway. Word. So, hey, if you got questions on that, just let us know. We'd love to talk some more about it. So, uh, speaking, speaking of, of questions, questions. <laughs> let's talk about some questions. So, a good question. Uh, and this has been asked uh, previously. At a, you just spilled water all. It's because it's raining from yeah. you. Yeah, it's because you're not using your huge water bottle Yeah, that's today. true. Um, I got a Stanley for my birthday from somebody. Ooh, Apparently, that's like the wow. fancy thing. I didn't even know that, but Stanley, somebody gave that, it to me. We had like a Stanley. That was like yes, the thing growing is, up. It's, it's cool back. now. It's, it's like cool. Instagram Man. influencer thing. See, if we hang around long enough, we'll be if cool you again. watch me, you will get you will get second, third hand information about what's cool on Instagram. So uh, if, if Stanley uh, is listening, can you uh, sponsor us? Yes. And send oh, us some Boggy that would talk, be good. Uh, Christy mugs. really wants That'd one because awesome. she's jealous. Yes. Yeah, so. man. So is that like the new Yeti? Is it like taking over Yeti? I think, I think okay. it's, I think it, I actually have no idea how much it costs. <laughs> Maybe it's less Thank expensive. You. So. My in-laws bought it for me. Oh, so. sweet. Well, well, so. Amy and Tad, if you know them. There you go. Thank You're, y'all. Oh, y'all don't listen to Boggy Talk. Oh, they, they're not cool enough. Yeah. Uh, they are cool. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, question. So this question has come up and Discover before. Uh, and and actually just talking to someone about it this past week. And it regards this church membership. Why is church membership a big deal? I mean, why can't you just be a part and just come and serve and do it? Why is church membership necessary? Does the Bible even talk about new church membership? Hmm. That's a great question. I would say I would start with, well, the context of the Bible, especially when you get, I mean, it's always God's people and the context of the New Testament is written to plural mm-hmm. people. It's always written to plural. And so it's really this a new thing in the in our modern Western culture that views everything individualistically right. instead of, you know, um, collectively. Sorry, lords were scraping me. Um, lords were scraping me. Uh, there, uh, but... Oh. <laughs> 
Gosh, why did I do that voice? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't you know, know why you did that voice. Uh, I'm going uh, to talk uh, like this the rest, the rest of the while. I'll tell talk. you why church membership is important. Listen, the listen, Lord boy. Don't question, don't question <laughs> the Lord's anointing. Your pastor said. <laughs> but I mean, really, it's that that's the, the basis of it. And it's this collected. There's a, there's the collective body of Christ. There is a mutual submission one to another. Yeah. There is accountability. Uh, and, and really, that's what we're saying. We're aligning our hearts and lives together. What yeah, for, for, First Corinthians chapter twelve, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we actually just went through in our group uh, studies here. Yeah, um, yeah, this is a body. You're members mm-hmm. of one body, so that's actually being read when they're reading it in churches that gather together, and um, they do the one another's and they hold each other accountable. Um, and I would just say that when people say to me, I've had this conversation with several people, you know, about like, well, membership because you know which we don't know who gives, but if somebody wants to be a leader, we do ensure they're giving, you know, those kind of things are like, is that really your business? I'm like, I just want you to understand that in the Bible days, they were all up in each other's business. So if your point of like no church membership is because you want to go back to how they were doing the scriptures, which I don't know what your other point would be, then it's like, man, church membership was like, they were family and Mm -hmm. they held each other accountable and they were in each other's lives. Like, they knew everything about because mainly a part of it was yeah, the, how they lived they culturally. Lived. Yes. They just yes. knew you, yes. there was no hiding in things. So, so my observation over fifteen years of pastoring is that actually I'm more and more for a more I don't know if rigid is the right word, but a more like, like meaningful, robust, meaningful, robust membership because you are committing to this group of believers, you know, under God. Uh, unless they're not following God, you know, and even if they're not, you're, you're supposed to be one of the ones that are having a voice in that. And like, I just really think like this idea of it's me and my family and we're coming to the church and we're like, you know, we're benefiting and we'll contribute. Like, that's just not, it's not Christian. That's American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, what it's not a members only jacket you're getting, yeah. right? Like it's not a country club. So like, you're not paying dues, like you're bought in, um, so I, I would just say, show me why not church membership in the mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. And I've never, point. you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, the kind of a backdrop of this, you know, now in, in our culture is that there's more and more uh, talk of abusive church yeah, leadership that's a good point. and that's a good how point. church leaders have used church membership to uh, coerce, but to wield power, to, you know, to be yeah. overly involved, manipulate people. And I would say, yes, you are, you are right. That has happened. It it is still happening places, um, and you know there's there are red flags that you should be aware of if, in those situations. I think you know, you, like if the church waves red flags around, <laughs> they're, they're waving good... red flags in worship. It's probably a sign. But I think you know, <laughs> uh, Mars Hill comes to mind. Like if you listen to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, there's this like you know forcing people to really in a manipulative way to confess things to like you know like just in a in a not where the goal wasn't healing. The goal was you know the goal wasn't restoration the goal is like we're just come clean to us and it was this wick just this Mm. twisted sense and so i would say yeah that is twisted but that just because there is abuse of something doesn't mean it's not in its principle when done the right way uh a good and beautiful thing you know i think Mm. that's our goal i think uh we have 
uh, a system here of there is mutual accountability for staff uh, with our with our with our leaders and trustees. Um, so if that was happening, like we would be called on it. Uh, there's certainly no desire, I think. I mean, you know, in us for that. But ultimately, like church membership is a form of of mutual submission. Uh, and accountability that we're mm-hmm. like, it gets saying, Hey, we're aligned to this. We're in this together, but also like you press into my life and ask me the hard questions. Am I doing this? Am I following Christ faithfully? Am I doing what he's called me to do? So, no, you're good. I was looking up the reference, but I can't find it if it's in first Peter or second Peter and stupid internet makes it hard for you to memorize <laughs> scripture these days. But right. yeah, I mean, one of the things that pastors are given, shepherds are given instruction is, you know, not not lording it over them, you know, but mm-hmm. um, through example and uh, through, you know, basically through compassion. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, if membership is being heavy handed by your elders or leaders yeah. or pastors, like that's not good. Um but it is, but also I would say that if they're like, you know, it's okay, you know, you do you like, no, like there's a commitment to the church body and, and we're called to that. Uh, I think that needs to be clear. Um, you know, it's so funny too, Hebrews 13, I was just going through this in our Bible reading plan because I'm behind, um, you know, about the Lord's anointed and the ones that God's put over us, but it's like, there's a caveat to that. Like if they're <laughs> demonstrating sincerity to God, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it's like our submission to our leaders is in submission to God. And it's like, as long as their eyes are on God and they're trying to do their best. But um, yeah, I, I think that, I think that part of the reason that people don't see meaning membership as meaningful is because often um, the church isn't exalting Christ, the gospel, the, what it means to be a church the way it should be. So mm-hmm. like, what is the meaningful membership right. of that? Like when mm-hmm. you're treating it like an organization versus right. a business, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're, when you're d- training people to be consumers, you're like, yeah, what is the value? Right. Of this? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good point. So, so, Hey, yeah, I guess really the question is like, are you approaching this from, you know, 2022's perspective of like my individual right. life or really what the Bible, you know, shows us as far as this collective, people, this one body, you know, many gifts, one body serving each other really to further the kingdom, further the mission. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cool. And, and we've got this before, but maybe churches shouldn't be as big as ours. And then membership membership is more meaningful too. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, know. there's all kinds of like, what yeah, is? I, yeah, yeah right. maybe so. Well, Hey, speaking of first Corinthians 12, this leads to another question. And this is uh, something our life groups have been discussing uh, last week in our curriculum for through all generations, but really uh, serving and spiritual gifts. Mm. So mm. question comes up, how do I even know what, what is a spiritual gift mm. and what are my spiritual gifts? How do I even know? I mean, do I just, is there a test to take? Well, um, let's define spiritual gifts first. Mm-hmm. So spiritual gifts are different from your talents mm-hmm. and your abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual gifts are things given, are, are gifts of the spirit uh, that the Holy Spirit empowers in us, enables us and gifts us to do that ultimately the purpose is to, to for the body, to grow and edify, strengthen the body. So two things to remember about spiritual gifts, they're given by God mm-hmm. and the purpose is to edify the body. Mm-hmm. They're different from talents. It's not like singing is not a spiritual gift. However, it can be used for spiritual means with, when coupled with a spiritual gift of exhortation or teaching or shepherding. 
So it's different than an ability. It's not just like, hey, I, I, I can woodwork. That's my spiritual gift. Like that, no, that's an ability. And you can use that for the glory of God, but it's not your spiritual gift. So how would you know? How would you, James, how can I know my spiritual gifts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, in 1 Corinthians 12, when it says they're given for the manifestation of the common good, the Greek word actually there translated common good is a bringing together. Mm. And so it's actually like, the building up and the unifying together. Um, and so I would say like, is what I'm doing ultimately bringing the church more aligned with what God's will is for the church. Um, and back to this individual collective thing, like if you're a member of a local church mm-hmm. and I don't just mean your name's on the roll, like you're bought in, yeah. um, then that's going to give you the opportunities to discern that. If you're like just off doing parachurch ministry all the time, not them anti-parachurch ministry, but like, you're not even, if you're not tethered to the local church as a parachurch person, you're not able to really, really tell, am I actually building up like the body? I know that one of the things that you guys valued about the group you went with to the DR and um, the thing we're, things we're doing in, you know, India and other places, it's like, it's all about the local church, like, mm-hmm. you know, building up the local church. And, um, and so I would just say like, if this is an individual thing, an individualistic thing, then that's probably a, uh, scary uh, (laughs) if it's not really building up the church. And then uh, like to discern your spiritual gifts. I mean, I think the tests are helpful, but ultimately people speaking into your life who are Mm -hmm. mature and trying things out. Yeah, that's that's just trial and error. Like, But but I would suggest that the gifts, while you might have a gift that stays with you, the gifts actually come and go. Like Christy was saying last night, she is not administrative, but- she fully believes like if there was no one to kind of write the ship wherever she was like, Oh, when we were church planners and children's ministry, like she got our children's ministry organized and aligned mm-hmm. and on vision. Like the Lord just the gave Lord her did that. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She is not administrative. Yeah. And she was I love that. her. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. okay. Like you don't have, that's the thing they're spitting. Not everybody has all these gifts, you know? And I think one of the things we talked about in our life group is I, I Agree fully that there are different times and seasons in which God empowers these these gifts in us, uh, based on the need of the body. But also, um, we have to like you may be naturally some. There are people who are naturally administrative who just they're wired that way. Uh, but that may not even really be their spiritual gift. But then God empowers it in a supernatural way. You know, I think of of Steve Renna in our on our church staff, who's our administrator. So That's he's good. wired this way. Like he yeah. is wired. He's wired as an administrator. That's his brain, his personality. But it's so obvious. It's beyond that. It is. It is beyond obvious. There is a supernatural work in and through him and his leadership in that way. And yeah. I think we so often want our spiritual gifts to come naturally to mm-hmm. us. And I, and I do think that like the super, the more we do the supernatural, the more the supernatural becomes natural. Like it just ha- is how God works through us. But mm-hmm. there's always this awareness, deep, you know, there's yeah. always this awareness of like, this is the Lord's work. This is his yeah. doing. Um, there, there, there is in this gift list in first Corinthians 12 too. those who are able to distinguish between spirits. And I yeah, think part of that is there are people who can help discern whether or not like you're leaning into your spiritual gift or you're leaning into something else. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. those are the people that kind of like, hey, let's speak into our life. Yeah, yeah, let's speak into our life. The gift of exhortation is one. People who can just look you in the eye and just say what you need to hear uh, in an encouragement or a, a truth-telling yeah. way. And you're just like, wow, yes, thank you. My, my, that's my wife's gift. Like she's an exhorter. Um, I think that uh, one of the things we do in terms of spiritual gifts is we like, wait around as, as church people, as Christians, mm-hmm. we're like, 
well, that's not my calling. I, I don't want to serve that way because it's not my, I'm not feel called to do that. And look, our calling is to follow Jesus. And Jesus laid down his life. And our calling as Christians is to say, you know, we are we want to meet needs. And so mm-hmm. rather than waiting around for you to feel called, just serve. Yeah, and I right. think oftentimes, if you want to know your spiritual gifts, put yourself, put yourself in situations where like, I don't really know how to do this, but I'm going to learn. And I think you will be surprised to see how the Holy Spirit provides what you need in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so put yourself in a situation and and serve and find out. Somebody in our life group shared that last night. She's like, I'm naturally a teacher. And she's like, but even teaching, when I teach with kids, um, there's times when I'm like, I'm explaining something and I don't even know, but the, the I just know that I don't know how to answer this, but I have an answer and the Lord is giving it to me. Like he is teaching mm-hmm. through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, Exactly. That's mm. exactly how it's supposed to work. So there are some like spiritual gifts, like surveys you can do to help discern those. But I would say like you take that with a grain of salt, because if you're like me, you can take a quiz and you know the question it's leading yeah, you it's towards. Like a Christian Myers-Briggs. Yeah, you can, at, you can answer in such a way like, oh, I want my spiritual gift to be this. So I'm going to give a number. So just, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're helpful, but they're not the end all be all. You mm-hmm. know, it's there, you know, it just just. Just serve, just find a way to serve and do it. So, um, yeah. Any other questions? No, I think we need to. Yeah, we need wrap to wrap it up. So, we hey, we're going to wrap it up. We got a little fun little game here. So, I was uh, inspired by the the tournament of of worship songs, cringe worship songs we Uh-oh. did, uh, and so I is this is almost like a late birthday present for you because this oh, is, this is like a gift because you get you, you're going to get the gift of soapbox for a second. Okay. Uh, so we're going to do a little tournament of here of. Uh, a little tournament, little bracket challenge, the most taken out of context <laughs> verses in scripture. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So you have to okay. choose okay. which one is m- yes. more often. This is and great. Worst taken. You know me <laughs> so well. This is like a gift. To it is like a gift. Lighting up. I can't it's wait. A gift. I already okay. know who's going to win, so it's all, all good. Right. But yeah. So, um, okay, I got to get the right list. Here we go. Okay. All right. So the first set of verses first is Romans 8.28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is good truth. Good truth. All right. <laughs> Number two. But. Hebrews 11, 11, 1. Faith is confidence in oh, what man. we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. All right. Yeah. So which one is more often Romans eight twenty eight. Romans right. eight twenty eight. Right. Because the purpose is Christ. Yeah. And so people, so many people are like, the purpose is me getting the job I want, or yeah. you know, it's going to work out. For, it's going to be or, for me for my good. Yeah. My yeah. good. Well, like your good is Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I I would agree with that. All right. Here we go. Next verse. All right. Seek first his kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Then mm-hmm. the next, 1 Corinthians 9, 13 and 14. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered at the altar in the same way the Lord has commanded those that preach the gospel receive their living from the gospel. Oh, wow. So yeah. they're two very, yeah, they're so, related. So I'm going to go with Matthew because the masses will misquote yeah. that one more, but the Preacher man will misquote your first Corinthians one, but yeah, yeah. Ma- seek first kingdom of God and his righteousness. I think a lot of people are like, so you can be lazy, you know, yeah, like it's all going like, to work out. You like, got a bumper sticker. It's yeah. like Jesus first. Yeah. Yeah. That second one. And I, like, he's the king. Like, don't yeah. you realize that? Like, yeah. Yeah. But that second one, man, people were like, 
preachers should, and, and you know, the it's preachers TBN should. TBN slogan, slogan yeah, right? Like, yeah. Did you see that, uh, uh, like, a few weeks ago, the clip going around of a pastor who was, like, totally rebuking his church because they didn't yes, buy him a buy nice, a nice enough watch? watch. Mm -hmm. You're like, I know y'all are broke, and this is why you're broke. You aren't buying me a nice enough watch. And I'm I like, uh -huh. oh, that's, that's terrible. That okay. is terrible. Here we go. Next up. Philippians 4.13. That's how I got the Stanley, actually. I rebuked. Uh... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, which is true. All right. This is going to be tough. Jeremiah 29, I knew you were going to put those against each other. <laughs> for I Sorry. know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. So for clarity, this is like Georgia and Alabama meeting in round one <laughs> That's of the playoffs. Right. It because is. it's These number one and number so two. Choose. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to go with Jeremiah 29, mm. 11 because the, the, the people don't get the plurality of it. People, people don't get. Yeah. Yeah, so there's so much. There's, there's just so there's a much. Lot to unpack graduation is why high yeah. school graduation, right? <laughs> but Philippians four thirteen is there too. Like, I can win this race. I, I can, can win this race. Yeah, and maybe that is God's plan. But how many people like? How come we never like people never acknowledge that didn't work out? Right. Yeah, and and also that Paul's like writing about suffering. Yeah, like, I've learned how yeah. to endure all this because Jesus. But you know, those are the two. T-shirts that I have, I have, <laughs> for I know right, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, if you ever in exile, in captivity yeah. <laughs> in Babylon, and I can do all things to a verse taken out, out of context. context. That's right. All right, so the last, last challenge here, okay. uh, Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you may not be judged. You can't judge me. Okay. And then John 4, 16, God is love. That's a, that's a piece of that verse for reference, but that is the quoted piece. So this... Judge not, lest you be judged. So for God is love. Oh, Taken out of context. In the church, or in see, this is the tough. See, yeah. In the church, it's the judgment. Mm -hmm. So many like pseudo Christians are like, you can't judge me, but that's not what that's talking about. Salvation, but God is love. Man, that is just so massively taken out of context. So I got to get that. All right, there you go. Okay. Because they read that and then they basically communicate love is God. Yes. Okay. And okay. for I feel like maybe we need to pause for a moment for clarity. We are not saying that any of these are not true. <laughs> we are saying these are taken way out of context. All yes. right. So now round two, we've got Romans 8, 28. We know, all we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him versus Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah, I'm going to go Roman 8, 8, 28. And part of it is I've heard people like say that to people like in, tragedy yeah and Ooh. almost like they're saying like because that's true and it's a great passage yeah. if you yes. read that in its context in mm -hmm. tragedy like basically hey in the word the the sufferings of this world are not what's compared to the glory that's gonna be revealed right. to heaven is in romans 8 but like also they're saying like your life's gonna get better mm. it's like and somebody's not. child died and right. you're like hey everything mm -hmm. makes you stronger yeah. your purpose that's god can use this for purpose like not, Dude. Yeah, I agree. The only purpose here is Christ. Okay, context, so I, I got context, serious there. Yeah, Sorry, context yeah. matters. So, so Romans 8, all right, now Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 20, we only have to talk about <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. None of the plans. That beats God as love. So the round, the, the finale here, we've got Romans 8, 28. Man, both of these are such good verses too, but context matters. We've got Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love who have been called according to his purpose versus Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. It is. It's just so... <laughs> 
And does anybody who knows you surprised right now? No, no, no. And it's but, because people have no idea what it means and they use it. It's yeah. just. Yes. Does he have plans to prosperous? Define prosper. All the promises of God find <laughs> uh, their yes, yes in him. Yes, in Jesus. 2 yes. Corinthians 120. Mm -hmm. Like they all find their yes mm -hmm. in him. So yeah. ultimately like our prosperity and our hope and our safety is all in him. But that's yeah. not what people mean when they say it so many times. Like, yeah. That yeah. they're not going to have anything bad happen to them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, it's, aren't you quoting that when something bad is happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. So context, 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 yeah. the context matters. So, so, hey, important thing, verses were not in the Bible when it was written. That is, that is important context. So <laughs> that no. shows you like, when we're just reading one verse, like, it's a frame of reference to an idea that's being communicated, yeah. not just that verse. So look, when you're studying the Bible, like look at look at the verses before and after, then look at, then just grow from that, like get the context and look and read, just, just dive in and understand why this is being written. Why is this an important message for God's people? And no why games is he here, us? man. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Take the Bible seriously. Yeah. Don't play with that. All right, so uh, if you hey, if you've got uh, questions about how to how to understand context, uh, last week we talked about some resources. We're happy to point you That's to right, some more did. resources. Uh, in addition to that, but um, hey, thanks for tuning in again. Send us questions if you got questions. You're welcome to ask us in person. You can send them an email, send us a message. We'd be happy Write to answer letter. those. You could be featured in your question on the next episode of Boggy Talk. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.